Don't you like singing about him? Okay. I am confident in that, yes. All right. Everyone have a good day? Good week? How many of you want to do it over? All right, whatever. All right. You can't. You got to live with it now. All right. All right. Philippians chapter number three. Philippians chapter number three. Next week, we're feeding you again. How many of you are full tonight? How many of you are tired because you're full tonight? How many of you are already sleeping because you're tired and full tonight? A couple of you? All right. Stay awake tonight. I'm going to ask at the end of the service if um, we are able to sing one of those songs again, if we have time. If we have time, we'll sing a, sing a song. Singing was excellent tonight. I appreciate that. And I am going to come to the floor because I don't like to be up there. And um, we're going to be in Philippians chapter number one. How many of you have ever had trials or burdens or just cares that you are carrying? Anybody? Just want to make sure I'm preaching to the right crowd here tonight. Okay. Has anyone ever not had a bad day? You, you never have a bad day, do you? Every time I talk to you, best day? Yeah. All right, there's one tonight. And, um, but his wife, what's that? You're out of here. You don't need to be here tonight. Philippians chapter number three, you don't need that verse. All right, Philippians chapter three, are you there? And to, what'd I say? Three. Let's go with three. Let's go with three. How many of you are in one? All right. Let's go to three. All right. So, all right, here we go. Philippians chapter number one. Just kidding. I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> Philippians chapter three. I'm kidding. All right. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Say this with me. Ready? Rejoice. One more time. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, it's difficult to just have joy if you have trials. How many of you, you're going through trials and somebody said, you just need to be happy? And you say, that's easy for you to say. I've got trials. And Paul is, Paul is one of those fellows that when he says rejoice in the Lord, you'll listen to him. And the reason why is because Paul's been through all of the battles. Paul has been shipwrecked, and he says still, rejoice. He's been, he's been stoned, and he says, rejoice. He's been jailed, he says, rejoice. He, whatever situation you've been in, Paul's been in it or even worse, and Paul says, rejoice. It's one thing for someone to tell you what you ought to do when they've never been in your situation before. Right? You know those people. My mother-in-law, I think I've told you this before, my, my mother-in-law, when my brother-in-law died, they had the viewing. And so it was a long line, and they were tired and standing there and people coming by. And sometimes people say the dumbest things, especially at funerals and viewings. And so people come by, and some people are honest. I don't know what to say. That's fine. Just a hug and move on, you know? And some people come by, and they get all wrapped up in their words and they don't know how to get out of it and you're just kind of, you know, 
This lady came up to my mother-in-law at the viewing, my brother-in-law there in the casket next to her. She says, I know how you feel. And my mother-in-law, you know, whenever somebody says that, you're like, oh, you know, have you lost a child? Or my cat died last week. <laughs> we had to bury my cat. And, and my mother-in-law wanted to scratch her like a cat. You know, like, <laughs> well, I'll show you a cat. That wasn't too comforting, but, but there were others that had lost a son that came up to my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, and when they said to you, we know how you feel, they understood. It just seems like they knew what to say, and they encouraged them, and, and part of the encouragement was the fact that that person had been through their trial, and, and that person understands them, and so when that person was reaching out to them, they just connected. If Paul lived a life of luxury and never had a problem and lived as a king, when Paul says rejoice in the Lord as often as Paul said it, you would say, yeah, easy for you to say, Paul. But Paul lived a life of trials. Paul lived a life. His life was a, a burden. Paul prayed. How many of you ever prayed for something the Lord didn't answer your prayer? And we said this, woe is me. Paul prayed, and Paul prayed three times, and each time the Lord said No. And Paul learned his grace is sufficient. And so Paul, the apostle Paul, is writing to the church at Philippi. In the third, the third chapter, he says this, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. He says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware... Uh, um, first, first number... Where, I just lost my spot. I need glasses. First number three... I want you to see again, rejoice, look at about halfway through that, rejoice in what? Christ Jesus. Two times in three verses, he says, rejoice in the Lord or rejoice in Christ Jesus. Paul is pointing us to the one that no matter what you're dealing with, you can have joy. Now, how many of you've heard this, that you ought to rejoice? And you are questioning, that's great to say, but how? How many? Like, it's one thing to tell somebody, you ought to be this. Would you just be happy? You're saved. Okay, I'm saved. I'm happy I'm saved, but I'm, I'm miserable with what's going on in my life. Paul said to rejoice. Not only did Paul say to rejoice, though, there are some things in Scripture that I believe this, if we will set our minds and our hearts on, we will rejoice. The reality is this, every single person in this room, no matter what you are going through tonight, you have something that you can rejoice in if you're saved. You have something. Does it mean that you don't have trials? No. Was Paul minimizing the pain that he had, the pain that he was going through? I mean, you figure that Paul was beaten and jailed. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul had to go to Rome, and Paul was excited. He was going to Rome to die, but he said, I get to preach the gospel to, to Caesar. I get to preach the gospel to kings. This is a wonderful thing. Did it minimize the problems he had? No. What he was doing is he was putting his heart and mind on Christ Jesus. Does he still have problems? Yeah. Do we still have problems we're going to have to deal with? The reality is yes. But in your problem, you can have joy. I want you to write this down, please. Please write this down. You may not choose your suffering, but you do choose whether you'll, re whether you'll rejoice or not. 
Let me say that without being tongue-tied here. You may not choose your suffering, but you do choose whether you will rejoice or not. You might not be able to choose your pain, but you can choose if you're going to rejoice. There are some things that are going to happen in your life that you say, I didn't want this. I didn't choose this. If I had it to do over, I wouldn't choose this for myself. You can't have that choice, but the choice you can have is are you going to rejoice? Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. I want you to do this. Write these four words. Is it four words? Rejoice in the Lord. Yes. Write those four words down. And don't forget them. And then write them down somewhere when you get home that you will see throughout your day or throughout your week. Would you please write this down in your heart, in a place where you'll see it? Rejoice in the Lord. We're going to talk about this tonight. Rejoice in the Lord. And this is going to be my outline. We're just going to use Scripture. Pretty good thing to do at church, right? <laughs> we're going to use Scripture. Tonight, we're just going to go through the Bible, and we're going to find reasons to rejoice. All right, you ready? Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse number 2. Romans chapter 5, verse number 2. Romans chapter 5, verse number 2. And I want to encourage you tonight. This is an encouraging message, all right? This is the, the point of this message is to encourage you tonight, to leave here rejoicing. Romans chapter 5, verse number 2, the Bible says this, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, whether we stand, wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let me read that again. By whom also we have access. Whom? That's a person. Who is that? Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I want you to write this down somewhere, please. We can rejoice in the Lord. You know why? Because we have access to him. We have access to him. I was driving back. I was yesterday, I was at, in Columbus all day yesterday and stayed through uh, Debbie's surgery and it was late into the evening. And so I didn't get on the road till probably close to nine o'clock or so to drive home. And I was driving home on that stretch of, of 23 where there's only like a gas station every so often. But you know what is so beautiful though on that stretch 23 that late at night? Stars. I don't know if you know what stars are. I know you don't see them in the smog too much, but when you get out there in the country, you can see stars. And, and, and to be honest with you, I was, I was doing a little bit of, of murmuring last night. How many of you ever murmured to the Lord? Just a little bit. Like, not enough of, like, crossing over to sin, but, you know, like, right up to it. Honestly, I, I thought to myself, Lord, I, I don't, I'm not interested in another funeral. Matter of fact, I, I said to myself and to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know if I have it in me for another one. I'm tired because we're still dealing with all of the issues of those that we've just recently buried. And I, Monday night, I was with George late into the evening on Monday night. And just, you know, I, I sat down with him at dinner and I said, George, how you doing? And he said, I feel like Mike Tyson punched me in the gut. And I said, like Mike Tyson now or the old Mike Tyson when he was younger? Because there's a difference. There's a difference. And I said that to him and he didn't think it was funny, but, but I knew what he meant. He was, it was, he was hurting. And, and you sit there with him, and you know what I can't do? I can't bring his wife back. 
And, and, and I, I, there's nothing I can say that can make his, his, his hurt go away. And, and then I sat there at the, the uh, um, uh, hospital and waited all day. We, she was in that surgery for hours, and a doctor came out, and I said to Debbie's husband, Jim, and her daughter, Michelle, you go into the doctor. I'll just sit out here. And, and really, I thought they'd come out and say they got the cancer out, and things are great. And so I just like thought, I'll let you like do all the rejoicing in the room by yourselves. I don't want to be a part of that, and, and I don't really, didn't want to really hug Jim, you know? And so, so he went in and he came out and, and they didn't come out rejoicing. They didn't come out with smiles. They came out and the doctor couldn't take it, take the cancer out. I was waiting on news. My mom had an MRI done and I was waiting on news last night and I was driving home and, and I just said that, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't understand. And as I was praying, as I was talking to the Lord, I looked up and there was a whole sky of, of stars. And I began to think the God that I'm speaking to right now is the same God that with his word over 6,000 years ago said to that star, stay right there, shine right there. And it hasn't moved for all of these thousands of years. That same God that created this universe, that same God that still sits on the throne, that same God. Now, it's not the same God is not Allah in, in all of the other gods that people pray. Like the God that we pray to is the creator of this universe. And the Bible says that we have access to him because of the son, his son, Jesus Christ. We are able to get into his throne room. We have access to the father. No matter what you're going through, God, the God that said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. The God that said, let there be a moon, and the moon just is stayed in that place and hung there and hasn't done anything that it's not supposed to do for thousands of years. That same God was the same God that I had access to last night. And it's the same God that you have access to, and it's a promise in his word. And that's why the author here of Romans can say that there is great joy and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know what I like in that verse too? also? It says that we stand. You ever go through a trial and you feel like you're not standing? Like you feel like you're laying down and everyone's walking all over you? Like you feel like you're not, you can't even get up? Listen, this same rejoicing that we find here, we can rejoice in that access by faith into grace wherein we stand. Listen, we are able to stand when you don't have the energy to stand. We are able to endure when it seems like things are hopeless. Why? Because we have access to God through Jesus Christ. And because of that, we can rejoice. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 15. If I stay there, I won't get through all these. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Again, we're just going to every single point is a scripture reference. Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. I love this one. The Bible says this, rejoice with them that do rejoice. How, how do I rejoice? How, how, when I'm going through trials and carrying burdens and going through life, how can I rejoice? Listen to me, number one, you can rejoice because you have access to the creator of this universe. Number two, what do I do? How do I rejoice? It's easy to say it, but how do I do it? Listen to me, rejoice with them that do rejoice. You know what that says there? Get around others with joy. Now listen to me. We have a bad habit when we get down. You know who we get to? People that are down with us. What's that, what's that phrase, misery loves company? Listen to me, when you get into a situation in life where you're carrying a burden, you know what you need to get to? Romans 12, 15 says, get to somebody else that has joy. 
Get to somebody else that's living for the Lord and, and seeing God bless. And get somebody else that, that is living in a joyful life. You know why? Because it'll lift you up. Listen to me, Christian. Don't get around negative people. Don't get around people that boo-hoo about everything. You ever get around somebody and it doesn't matter what you say, it's bad news? I mean, you could say, listen, God's good. No, he's not. Well, the sky, it's, it's, it's sunny out. Yeah, but it's going to rain tomorrow. But it's summer. Yeah, but, but fall's coming. Yeah, look at, didn't, look at his blessing. Yeah, but tomorrow it's going to be old and no good and we're going to need more. Listen, if we're not careful, we can get ourselves when we get down and discouraged and, and, and burdensome, we can get ourselves around people that love misery and love misery loves company. And we get around them and, and all we hear about is what God can't do and what God didn't do. I like Paul. Paul says, you know what? I'm in jail, but I'm going to sing and I'm going to rejoice. And what he did, he sang and rejoiced with those that were next to him and, the, and angels would come and, and break him out of jail. This next time one of you guys get into jail, start singing and being excited about that and see what God can do. No, what he's doing is he's got himself in a situation that he can't do anything about the situation. He's in jail. He can't do anything about it. He's on the bottom of a heap of stones. He can't do anything about it. He's shipwrecked. He can't do anything about it. He's in Rome. He can't do anything about it. He's, he's being tortured. He's being beaten. He can't do anything about it. And listen to me, you can't do anything about your trial either, but you can Rejoice. And when you are in a trial, get around people that build you up and point you to Christ. You'll find enough people that discourage you. Look for people. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. I want you to write this down, 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. Listen, just the fact that Paul wrote two epistles to the Corinthian church ought to encourage you. Because he wrote an epistle to a church. They weren't very good people. They were saved, but they weren't living like it. And Paul wrote a second letter to that church at Corinth. And, and he says in that second letter, 2 Corinthians 7, 9, Now I rejoice, not that ye were uh, made sorry, but that ye, that ye sorrow to repentance. Listen to me. He said, I'm, I, I'm, I'm rejoicing about something. You know what? They, they got caught. They, they, they were sinning, and they got caught. And Paul said, I'm happy. See, that's kind of odd to be happy about. No, Paul, listen to what he's saying. Now, I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, not that you got caught, not that you got yourself in trouble, but that you sorrowed to righteousness, that your conviction, your conviction turned to you getting right. Listen to me. Write this down. When conviction comes... Rejoice. When the Holy Spirit of God convicts you of sin, rejoice. And when the Holy Spirit of God is working in the life of someone else, rejoice. You know, we have a bad habit of, of beating people down. Even when people want to get right with God. We keep reminding them of what they used to be and what they used to do and, and, and all the bad they used to have done. But here, here Paul says, you know what I'm going to do to the church at Corinth? I'm happy. I'm going to rejoice. You know why I'm going to rejoice? Because the Holy Spirit of God convicted you of your sin. And yeah, you're sorry for what you did, but you repented. And that, that sorrow now is turned to, to, to righteousness. You now are right with God. Listen to me. When people get right with God, rejoice. 
The church ought to be happy when people get right with God. When the prodigal son came home, here's the dad on the porch waiting, waiting for him to come and excited when he came and going to throw a, a party for him. And there's that old brother ah, upset that he got right with God. Listen, you want to rejoice. Learn to be happy when the Holy Spirit of God works. Listen, learn to be happy. If you go to a church, and all of you come here, so this is a good thing. If you, come to a, you go to a church where you get convicted by the preaching, rejoice in that. Well, you, you don't want to just live your life however you want to live it. Do whatever you want to do. You know why? Because there's a God, a holy God in heaven. You shouldn't. Now, now, I know you need encouragement, and that's what this message tonight is, to encourage us to rejoice. But listen me, every so often, we're not perfect, and we do sin. And every so often, our sin ought to be mentioned. Our sin ought to be preached. And the Holy Spirit of God ought to work and get you out of that sinful state and get you back right with God. And Paul says this, now I rejoice. One, when conviction comes, rejoice when the Holy Spirit of God works. Listen to me, you better be in fear if the Holy Spirit of God doesn't work anymore in your life. You better, that something ought to bother you. You ought to change some things. You ought to relook at some things in your life. If you can go through life and the Holy Spirit of God never convict you and never speak to you. One of the greatest joys of being saved is the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of us and convicts us when we do wrong and encourages us to do right and keeps us moving in serving the Lord. Paul said, I rejoice when conviction comes. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. You with me? 2 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse number 16. Same chapter, different verse. I rejoice, he says it again. I rejoice, therefore, that I have, what? Confidence in you in all things. Now, when did he say this? this isn't a trick question. He said this after they got right. Now, he didn't say this before verse number nine, because before verse number nine, he wasn't rejoicing because they were living in sin and there was no conviction. But he says, now I'm rejoicing, not that you're made sorry, but I'm rejoicing that you're right with God. Now he says this, you know what I rejoice about now? I rejoice, therefore, that I have confidence in you in all things. Listen, and rejoice, rejoice when others do right for the Lord. Rejoice. Listen to me. Rejoice when you see others serving the Lord. Now that you're right with God, he says, you know what makes me rejoice? Because I know you're going to do right. Listen, I love, I love coming to church and, and seeing people serve. I absolutely love it. I get here, I get here early um, uh, Sunday mornings and I drive on the property and, and I'll park and I'll go in my office and I'll, I'll hang my coat in my uh, truck, so just it doesn't get wrinkled, and and so I'll, I'll I'll study and I'll pray and just kind of finish things up for my message and and pray. And when I get out of my uh, office, I get out and it's about quarter 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 after or so, sometimes twenty after. I go walking across the parking lot, and all those that come about twenty minutes after nine, you think I'm just getting here, but I've been here. Did you see me go to my truck and get my jacket? And I know what you're thinking. Sleep in late today, you know? No, I've been here. I get my coat, I park right here outside of my office, I get my coat, and I take about three steps from out behind my truck, and I hear, Candace! And the closer I get, the more she yells. And if I don't acknowledge her, she comes running at me. And every Sunday morning, I get a hug. 
And I'm not talking. I'm talking picking me up and carrying me in the church and making sure I'm okay. How many of you had one of those hugs? You know what I'm talking about. And every Sunday morning I say, thank you, Lord, because someone's serving you. And then, and then, and then, have you ever seen, if you go to the 930 service, we got a motley crew that t- stays at our doors. They give out chocolate. I mean, you can't get by. No, I don't want chocolate. Eat the chocolate. Okay, I'll eat the chocolate. Okay, you can have a bulletin too. Coming through the doors. Listen to me, every Sunday morning I walk through those doors. I say, thank you, Lord. They love serving the Lord. And you get into the foyer and people are handing out bulletins. And, and, and I talked to a lady last week. She's, she came to our church the week before. And I met her Sunday, or Sunday morning. And I, and I started talking. She said, well, I know that person, that person. How do you know them? Well, I came last Sunday and they took me out to dinner this past week. I said, they took you. They've never, I've been here four years and they've never taken me to dinner. <laughs> You've been here one week and you got dinner? Yeah. I said, you walked in and didn't know anybody? Now today you know half the church? Yeah. That's me. I turned around and I said, thank you, Lord, for people that are serving you. Listen, I don't know how to sing. I don't sing very well. I mean, I know how to sing. I just don't sing well, I guess. Everyone knows how to sing. But I sit there and I say, thank you, Lord, for those that play instruments and sing. And every Sunday, how many of you love babies? We all love babies. How many of you like crying babies that are annoying? Nobody. You do? I her up. Nursery every week. <laughs> but I love the fact that every week, listen to me, two weeks ago, the air was out, right, Slim, in the, down in the nurseries. And when the air is out in the nurseries, by the second service is over, you don't go down there. And they still had joy. They were serving the Lord. And they were back the next week. And I think of all those that teach and all those that serve and all those that are involved and, and those that are friendly, just, just, just those that serve the Lord. Paul says here, I rejoice, therefore, that I have confidence in you in all things. You know what he was saying? I am so thankful that you do right. I can depend on you. When's the last time you thank someone for serving the Lord? When's the last time you said to, said to somebody, you know, you, you played the piano and, and it, was, it was awesome. You, 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 you sang a special. When's the last time somebody sang a special and you said, I just want to rejoice because you're serving the Lord. When's the last time you said thank you to someone that held the door and gave you a bulletin or there was some nursery worker. You say, well, I don't have kids in the nursery. Then you really ought to thank the Lord for nursery workers because somebody else's bratty kid isn't in the auditorium crying when you're trying to listen. Fair enough. Not that if you have kids in the nursery, they're bratty kids. I'm just simply saying. Let's move on. Philippians chapter number two. <laughs> Philippians chapter two. Look with me in verse number 16 of Philippians chapter two. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he says this, holding forth the, the world of light, word of life, that I, what, may rejoice in the day of Christ. Oh, this is so good. That I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Paul says this, I'm rejoicing. I may rejoice in what? Listen to me. Jesus Christ is coming again. I don't care what kind of bad day you've had. Jesus Christ 
is coming again. Listen to me, I stood next to a casket last Thursday, and I'll tell you, it was difficult to stand next to that casket. It was difficult to have all of those people around. It was difficult not to get emotional, and, 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 and I stood next to a casket of a four-year-old not long ago, same thing, just so difficult. It's difficult to stand in the uh, uh, waiting room when the family gets news that, that's, that, that they don't want to hear. It's difficult to, to, to deal with broken homes. It's difficult to deal with, with things that, that sometimes it seems like every day we're dealing with those things. It's so difficult. But listen to me. I want to say to you that Paul says, I'm going to rejoice in the day of Christ. He is coming back. Listen to me. It isn't something that we hope. We cross our fingers. I hope that we got this right. No, we have God's word. Jesus Christ is coming again. And though we were sorrowful and though we were in tears and though we were mourning, I stood next to a casket. And then listen to me. I didn't take some uh, water that I got out of a faucet and started sprinkling it over, hoping that that was going to, to get that body that was in that casket to heaven. I didn't say some, some hocus pocus type stuff, hoping that, that my, my prayers were going to get things written just right. I, I wasn't saying, you know, well, maybe she's going to come back as a, a better person. I wasn't putting my faith in reincarnation. But what I was doing is I was saying this, that the Bible says, Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, that Jesus Christ is going to come again. There's going to be a shout from heaven. And those that are in that grave, they're going to rise up. And those that are not, that are still alive, you know what they're going to do? They're going to see Jesus in the clouds. You know what we were saying? That the day of Christ is coming. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with, but hear me today. Jesus Christ is coming again. He goes on to say this, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain. Have you ever felt like you've wasted your time? How many of you love to waste time? How many of you men love to go shopping? Huh? Not, not that shopping's wasting time. I'm saying, but, but, you know, you go through and you're just like, this was a day. Wasted. I mean, I could have been doing something else, like Greg chasing the ball around, you know. Uh, I mean, I could have done something productive. But hear me. Paul, Paul says this to this Philippian church, that I have not run in vain. Listen to me. Any day you spend for God is worth it. Not wasted. Did you get that? If you live your life for the Lord, you have not wasted a single day. How many of you could say that about anything else you live? Anything else you do? How many of you have worked a whole day and wasted a whole day? Got nothing accomplished. You say, that was in vain. Not when you do it for Christ. Not when you do it for him. That I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You know what that means? Paul says, I'm going to rejoice because Christ is coming again. And I have lived my life for Christ. And every single day counts. It matters. If you live your life for Christ, it matters. And there's a day that Christ is coming, and there's crowns and rewards that he is going to give to you, and you're going to be able to take those and lay those back at the feet of Jesus. And what a wonderful day that's going to be. Listen to me. If you're living for Christ, you're not wasting your life. Listen to me. If you're laboring for Christ, then your labor is not in vain. Keep rejoicing because Jesus Christ is coming again. Philippians 2.28. Philippians 2.28. I think someone turned the air off in here. Philippians 2.28. The Bible says this. 
I sent him, therefore, the more carefully that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Now think about this. Paul says, I'm sending you him. And when you get when he gets there, rejoice. And when he gets there and you rejoice, I'm going to be the less sorrowful. Listen, you write this down, please. Fellowship with other believers is a reason to rejoice. I don't know what number that's on. Listen to me. We have all summer long. Why do you, why do you think we do the fifth Sunday fellowships? Just so I don't have to preach Sunday night? No, I'm doing it because fellowship encourages the believer. This last Sunday night, or Wednesday night in June, we did a picnic, and we had hundreds of people come. And this past month, we did another one in July. And tonight, why do you think we had tacos in a bag? You could have made tacos in a bag. You could have ran through on the way to church and got a happy meal and, and, and not you, your kids, you would have gotten something else, but you would have gone through, you know what I'm saying, you would have gotten through and gotten what you wanted to eat. You could have eaten at home. Why, why, are, we, why are we having pizza? Because we have so much money, we don't know what to do with it. No, it's to encourage fellowship. Listen to me, you want to learn to rejoice, get around other people that are believers in Christ. Talk about the Lord. You know what happens so often when people go through trials and people go through burdens and people go through cares in life, they begin to withdraw. And they sit at home and they're lonely. And they go to work and they're lonely. And they end up driving a car and they're by themselves. And you know what you need? Get around other believers and rejoice. Paul said, I'm going to rejoice when you see him again. And ye rejoice that I may be less sorrowful. Fellowship of believers, listen to me, as the day of the Lord approaches, spend more time with God's people. It's encouraging. It's edifying. It builds you up. Philippians chapter 3. Look with me. We've already gone back. Now back to our text verse here. The Bible says this in Philippians 3.3. For we are of the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and what rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Hear me on this verse, please. He says this, I'm going to rejoice because we, because we, look again, because we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in what? The flesh. We have Christ. He is our strength. This verse, I obviously knowing I was going to teach on this tonight, I was driving down, driving back home last evening, and, and that's the Lord just kept bringing this verse to my mind. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I don't have to do it in my failed flesh. There's no confidence in my flesh. There's sometimes, you know, you get in a situation and you think that you're supposed to have all the answers, and you don't have any answers. You're supposed to tell you know, people what to do, and you don't know what to do. I'm so glad that I can say, I don't know, but he does. 
I, I, I don't know. My flesh might fail someone, but I'm so glad that he is our strength. Listen, and that is worth rejoicing in. And Paul says this, I have the Lord. I rejoice in Christ Jesus. I don't have confidence in my flesh. My flesh is going to fail me. I'm so glad that I don't have to rely upon my strength to get through this life. How many of you remember when you were younger and stronger? Now, some of you, maybe you've kept your strength. My daughter came up to me tonight. And I just, I had one job, one job, hand people cookies. That's all I was trying to do. Because, like, I didn't want to give people onions because not everyone likes onions, you know. I didn't want to give people tomatoes because some people don't like tomatoes. But everyone loves cookies. Well, almost everybody. Some didn't take them. So I love it when people, yes, thank you, and smile. I don't get that too often. So anytime I can get it, I give out cookies. My daughter came over to me and said, Dad, we're out of cheese. I'm not the cheese person. I'm the cookie guy. No, you've got cheese. But none of these ladies can get the bag open. Oh, well. What is wrong with this bag? And finally I said, go get scissors, you know? I mean, I remember when Michelle first met me, I'd have tore that bag right open, cheese going everywhere, and she would have said, oh, my goodness, you're so strong. And tonight I'm like, go get scissors and don't tell your mother. <laughs> you know, I can't open this bag. <laughs> you know, I, our flesh fails. Listen, there's days I don't get out of bed. I have to be resurrected out of bed. <laughs> you know how it is. Our flesh fails us. How many of you have been right in the middle of a conversation and you forgot what you were saying? And the person's looking at you like, and you're like, Sorry, lost it. Oh, don't worry, I do the same thing, you know? And they're like 90. Oh, <laughs> right. Our flesh will fail us, but Jesus Christ never will. And that is worth rejoicing in. Somebody's failed you, okay? They're human, they're flesh. But Jesus won't. Don't take it out on the Lord because he never has and he never will. Oh, we can rejoice in that. Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter one. We're rounding, we're rounding home. We're rounding third coming home. We're rounding home. We're gonna go around the bases one more time if that's all right with you. Colossians chapter one, verse number 24. He says this, who now rejoice in my sufferings? for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Listen to me. Rejoice that you have a church. I had, um, I had a couple, couple kids in my truck tonight. And uh, man, I almost pulled over and just had one of those shouting fits. She said to me this, the, it was a girl and her brother, she said, my family is so glad that we found this church. We love our church. What they were saying is this, it isn't the building, it isn't the address, it's the body of Christ 
Listen to me, learn to rejoice in your church. It's a place that you learn. I've been stuck. You probably have known that, known that on Sunday mornings. I've been stuck in, in Acts chapter number six. And verse seven has just worked me over. The Bible says this, when, when they got through their conflict and they got through their issues, you know what happened? The word of God increased. That's a good thing. The word of God increasing in our life. That means this, what you know, you can always know more about the Lord later. You can always be growing. Listen to me, be excited that you come to a place where you can grow in Christ, where Christ is the center. Where else do you go where Christ is the center? Not at work, unless you work at a church, I guess, but you know what I mean. Where, where else do you go where Christ is the center? Listen, Paul says this, that I'm rejoicing in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind uh, of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake. His body's sake is what? His body is the church. Sometimes we treat it so nonchalant. We treat it like it's not important in our life. Listen, the church ought to be one of the most important things in your life because it's where the people of God, where the body of God comes together and we meet and we learn about Christ. James chapter number one, verse number nine. The Bible says this, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. I love, I love that Verse, because at all times in your life, you ever feel pretty down, pretty low? Listen to me, God's exalting you. He's building you up. He's blessing you. Listen to me, every one of you, right now, right now in your life, right now, as I'm preaching, I'm going to give you just a second to stop and think. I want you to think of one blessing in your life where God has exalted you. One thing that God's done for you. See, sometimes we think, no, that means a promotion, a raise. And I'm, I'm, I'm working at the same place, doing the same job. No, we're not talking about your physical. It's talking about spiritual here. You know what? The day I got married, God exalted me. and gave me a wife. And you know what he's done since I've been married? Five times he's exalted my life. You know, he's given me children. He's blessed me. I believe this four years ago when God sent me to this church, he exalted me. It was a blessing. And, and there's times in our life where we just feel that maybe we're not worthy. We feel like, you know, sometimes we get discouraged or down, maybe in the place that we're at. Rejoice in the fact that he is blessing you. Right now, think about a blessing. Think about something he's done for you. And, and, and think about something else. Put that one behind you. Think about something else. Think about another blessing. You know what the reality is? We could sit here all night and think, about the blessings, about God exalting us and, and blessing us and supplying for us. You know, there's, day, there's days that I sit and I think, God, you've been so good. I don't deserve any of this. I mean, you, you, you've blessed beyond measure. I mean, even that, even that time where I found Michelle with that toilet paper in your ears because I was snoring, I looked at her and said, God, you've been so good. I mean, I got a wife that can put toilet paper in her ears while she's sleeping. That's, that is it's pretty talented, don't you think? God's good. God is so good. And lastly, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 13. Peter. 
Peter was a fisherman and Christ came along and called him and boy, Peter's life got all crazy after that. Peter was on a boat one time and he just wanted to have the faith to go see Jesus on the water and he stepped out on the water and oh boy, he began to sink. And everyone else saw him to do it. Peter, Peter said, Lord, I'm never going to uh, leave you. I'm going to fight to the death. And, 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 and a little girl came up and said, you're with him. And he denied Christ. And Christ told me I was going to do this. Here's Peter that he wasn't sure what to do. So he said, I'm just going to go fishing. I'm going to give up on this whole thing. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to go fishing. And, and the Lord called Peter back and then, then, then Peter gets to stand at the day of Pentecost and just preach. He opens his mouth and the Holy Spirit of God takes over and 3,000 people are saved in one day. And this is the same Peter that just kept putting his foot in his mouth. And now the Holy Spirit of God is using him. And Peter writes this, but rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. What? He said, rejoice that you get to partake in his suffering. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. You know what Peter's reminding us? Yes, there's suffering, and yes, there's sorrow, and yes, there's heartache. But rejoice that you partake in that. You're partaking in the suffering, but you know what you also get to partake in? That glory that's going to be revealed. You're partaking in the suffering but you know what he's reminding us one day? It's all glory. You know what we're going to partake in? That mansion he has waiting for us. You know what we're going to partake in? When God rules and reigns. You know what we're going to partake in that day that the sun's not needed because the S-O-N is there and he is all the light we need. We're going to partake in the day when, when Christ will rule and reign and we're going to partake in the day where there's going to be no more sin and no more sorrow and no more suffering and no more doctors and no more cancer and no more death and no more heartache and no more problems and no more issues and no no more violence and no more shootings and none of those things are ever going to happen. One day we're going to partake, yes, of the suffering. But we also get to partake when he's revealed, his glory is seen. You know what he said? And when that happens, not only are you going to rejoice, you are going to be glad also with exceeding Joy. How many of you can't wait to have exceeding joy? Doesn't that sound good? I don't know what it's like. It just sounds good. It's like not just joy, exceeding joy. Not just good, the best. So you sorrow now. It's all right. You're going to suffer for Christ's sake. He suffered but you're also going to see his glory when it's revealed. And hear me, no matter what you're going through now, you are going to experience exceeding joy when the Lord returns. I like it. I like to be happy. I, I, I like to be around happy people. And I'll tell you, be honest with you in a little selfish way, <laughs> I can't wait to have that kind of joy like the best you're ever going to have. We were in Philadelphia with the kids, and I told the kids that I was going to give them everything Philly. 
I was going to give them the best soft pretzels. Because when you're in Philly, you need Philadelphia soft pretzels. I was going to give them the best Italian water ice. I know water and ice, oxymoron, but you just have to have it. I was going to buy them the best cheesesteak that you would ever have in all of your life. I told him that too. And then to top it all off, I went to Tony Luke's in South Philly and I brought back pork Italian. Yeah, you gotta have it, it's gonna be in heaven. It's hot roast pork, broccoli rob. What's broccoli rob? I have no idea, it's just set it on the menu and that's what it is, with sharp provolone. I brought those kids everything, the best of Philly you could have. And as they were eating it, I said, that's the best cheesesteak you'll ever have. And they were like, okay. I'm like, you're 15. You don't understand. <laughs> you'll appreciate this one day. Just eat it. Tell your parents it was good. <laughs> Exceeding joy. The best you'll ever have. Nothing more. Nothing better. You know what Peter said? Rejoice. Yeah, you're suffering. But rejoice because you know what's coming. It's coming. How many of you, and I still get this way, how many of you, Christmas Eve, you can't sleep? And I know what's under the tree now, and I still can't sleep. I know I have to pay for it, and I still can't sleep. It's exciting. That's what it's going to be like in even greater when we see our Savior. So whatever you're dealing with now, you can rejoice because exceeding joy is coming. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement.